Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and back on the line with me is the wonderful Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, we're back. We're doing it. We're doing a show. We're back. We're back, Pat. Second innings for uh, 21-22. Love it. Good to be here. I thought we got off to a cracking start in episode one of the series of the season. Yep. Same. So it's always good to be back with you, Pat. Um, Excited for an Ashes summer. Can you believe it? We're back again. Can you believe, Bardo? You know, our first ever episode was the uh, 2017 Ashes series starting at the Gabba. And here we are, you know, four years later, just keeping on at it. (laughs) (laughs) When you think of it, that's pretty remarkable, really, isn't it? Yeah, points for persistence. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. That's for sure. Believe in yourselves, folks. You know, anything's possible. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Well, I think we hit... um 8,000 downloads, didn't you say, the other day? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know what 8,000 downloads is over four years, but um, it's a a Gillespie-like strike rate. (laughs) (laughs) Our our listeners, Chris, are very discerning folks. Yeah, we have a a Bill (laughs) Laurie-like download rate. Um, But that's okay, you know. I mean, it's, we're fans of Test Cricket, Chris. We'd like things to go for a long time at a slow rate. Exactly. That's our old jam. We're not 2020, <laughs> folks. The game will really start to accelerate around Season 5. Um, oh, mate, Season 5. I, don't, I, I hazard to think about what's going to happen in Season 5. And, Chris, hey, look, before we jump into talking about Ash's stuff, we've just got to quickly, you know, while we're talking about things that are amazing and things that have happened in, in Test Cricket at slower rates, um, I thought we'd start by doing a big shout-out to Ajaz Patel, who just took 10 for against India um, in a pretty epic innings. And then the Kiwis have lost the match. You got to, I mean, I don't even know what to, how to contemplate yeah. that or deal with that. Yeah. So you'd be going through an absolute uh, washing machine of emotions, I think, if you're if you Patel. <laughs> because, you know, if we have a look at the scorecard here from India's first innings, I mean, there's a few, few notable things, I think, that stand out off of that scorecard. First of yeah. all, uh, you know, 47.5 overs, uh, 10 wickets for 119 runs, uh, 12 maidens in there, if you don't mind. That is a mountain, a mountain. Absolute mountain of bowling. Mountain of bowling from Ajaz Patel. Absolutely stunning effort. Uh, what is he, only the third bowler in history to uh, get yeah. the 10, 10 for? So, yeah. spectacular stuff. But just a couple of things that jump off, off the, uh, the scorecard there from the Indian first innings. First of all, any time you get uh, Chesterwa Pajara, uh, Virat Kohli, and Ravi Ashwin out for ducks <laughs> in, in, in India, you're pretty wrapped, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel like uh, you you're gonna get them out for a low total. But somehow, um, India still managed to post three twenty five, and that was of course yeah. because of Agarwal, uh, who scored one hundred and fifty off three hundred and eleven, really just anchoring the innings there <laughs> while Patel caused havoc around him. Um, so that's an amazing effort. Um, but so. India's depth of batting again just comes to the fore because that's ridiculous that they still managed to post 325 when, you know, particularly Pajara and and Kohli are, are arguably, you know, two of the top five test batsmen in the in the world. Um, yeah, especially in those conditions. So that's absolutely. And then wild. to go on, 
and get and get routed in the last year. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, um, the fa- my favorite part um, about this. Now I'm just going to read the description uh, about uh, about this particular ball. So this is uh, this is Ravi Ashwin bold for a golden duck, right? Now the description mm-hmm. says, um, "What a beauty! This is a peach to get first up, and nothing much Ashwin can do about it." Um, now that's the description from Crick Info, right? So he's been clean bowled, top of off stump. And what do you think Ashwin does? Uh, turns around, Chris grabs his bat and walks up to the dressing room to think long and hard about the things that he could do differently in his life. Incorrect, Pat. He goes for a rash review. <laughs> he sends it upstairs. <laughs> you got to love the audacity there, Chris, to see your off stump out of the ground and go, no, folks, yep. let's send that upstairs. <laughs> It was uh, it was absolutely uh, beautiful. So the the quick info description finishes off with uh, Ashwin didn't realise he was bold. It was that fine a margin for the spin. Ajad's got it inch perfect. Ashwin was actually making the signal to review because he thought he'd been given out caught behind. <laughs> you didn't hit it, mate, and that was the problem. Didn't hit it. <laughs> that was the issue. That's where the problem started. <laughs> Now, Pat, I think you might have sacked the Kiwis a little bit early here because it is only the end of the second day, I believe. So I haven't quite lost the game yet, but I could see how you might think that. Because as you said, after 47.5 overs, 10 for 119, the Kiwi batsmen have really backed up Ajaz Patel here and they've been routed for 62. Yeah, I mean, if you're Patel and you're back in that dressing room, I think it's fair to say that there's a couple of other blokes around there that owe you a couple of beers. Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and who, do you th- you know, who do you think was the not-out batsman? Uh, is it Patel? No, just Patel. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> talking about holding the team together far out. So, you know, he, he is really, you know, I mean, he is the stitching uh, on, the, on the black cap at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, really holding it He's together. He's the peak of the white fern. Uh, um, yeah, amazing effort there, Bardo. Amazing effort. And and hopefully we see similar wicket-taking events happen in the ashes, Chris, which is what brings you and me together today. So a bit of a different episode of Two for None today um, after our brief divergence into talking about the Kiwis and this, this amazing test happening over there. Um, today, Chris, you and I are going to chat about the Aussies' chances in against the Poms, um, particularly about this first test about to happen on Wednesday, Chris. Wednesday, the Ashes starts, holy moly. And then, later today, I'm speaking to Tom K. Hawkey over in Europe, uh, in Bratislava, I believe he is these days, with his lovely wife. And I'm going to chat to TK about all things uh, from the English side of the border. So, I think we're going to spend uh, 20, 25 minutes here, Bardo, just go through the team, have a bit of a chat, have a bit of a think about what we're excited about, how we think this is all going to go down. Get the people out there excited to, to dive into this test, Bardo. Um, that's, that's my vibe. Uh, it's a bit of an old school episode of Tea for None, in a way. Yeah, look, I'm loving the vibe. Um, I'm just trying to think where Bratislava is. Capital of Slovakia, Chris. Okay, okay. So, backward point. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. If Europe's a cricket field, yeah, backward point. <laughs> yeah, okay. Actually, yeah, like... That, and that's yeah, what I'm yeah, going yeah. for. Yeah, I'm not making... Um... <laughs> Any any aspersions about our good friends in Slovakia? I'm just thinking if you've got a, a line down the middle of Europe, backward point might be roughly where it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly right. If you're bowling towards Italy, um, yeah, backward point. Okay, yeah, exactly perfect. right. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think we should do all geography in terms of cricket going forward, Chris. I think that's a really good idea, at least for you and I, who can barely read a map. Um, my friend, here's the deal. Uh, Wednesday, 8th of October, I mean, 8th of December, Chris, whatever month we're in, 8th of December, the Ashes is happening, Bardo, mm. at the Gabatoire. Mm. Um, and that's very exciting. There's a little bit of things still in the air because we don't know if the t- last test is going to happen at uh, in Perth or not. Mm. It could be in Tassie. It, Warney wants it to be in Melbourne, as you would think from Warney. Um, it could go anywhere. Uh, I reckon it'll probably end up in Canberra because that'll be a thing that happens. But um, so there's that. Uh, obviously, our new captaincy thing is mm-hmm. in with Paddy mm-hmm. Cummins taking the reins, with Steve Smith as his second. And uh, we have more or less assembled a team with a couple of points still to uh, resolve. So maybe, Bardo, I'm, I'm open to how you want to go about this, bud. But I was thinking we could start just thinking about Aussie top order or general. Give me general thoughts first, Chris. General thoughts overview. Yeah, look, <clears throat> so we, we solved the, the first two mysteries, haven't we? we we've got a captain uh, in, yes. in Pat Cummins, which I think was the logical choice and the choice that we all thought following uh, Tim Payne's um, departure. So that, that makes great sense. It'll be really interesting to see, obviously, how a fast bowling captain goes. Um, but I read an article during the week uh, which said that any fears that we may have about a fast bowler um, having his performance uh, detrimented by taking on the additional responsibility of captaincy is generally misplaced. Uh, and that, in fact, across history, fast bowling captains generally improve their average um, huh. following taking on the reins, which is really interesting. Um, Interesting. So that'll be exciting to exciting to see how that all unfolds, and I really like the the conversation and the the, the comments that have been made about the partnership that Steve Smith and and Patrick Cummins are intending to have out in the field. Um, mm. Particularly Steve Smith potentially being the one that sets the field while Patrick Cummins Cummins bowls. I mean that just makes logical sense to me. Um, yeah, I, me too. My personal view is I, uh, I'm quite comfortable with Steve Smith reassuming. Uh, a leadership position. Uh, I know that uh, Ian Chappell came out during the week and was uh, not so comfortable with it, uh, but I personally think it's 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 fine. Uh, you know that's why we why why we have uh, I suppose punishments. I guess. Uh, yeah, mate. I kind of agree with you there. I mean, honestly, Ian Chappell can get stuck. <laughs> And this is something that I'm prepared to just go on the record and say on my own show. Come at me, Ian. Um, I think he can get staffed, but uh, you know he's been, he's yeah, I he's 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 a grumpy fella, Ian Chapel, and um, I think Steve Smith has well and truly served his time. I, I'm very comfortable with David Warner not resuming any leadership roles in the Aussie team. I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, I think in the wake of Cape Town, we we really did discover that. It was Warner that was the real instigator of that whole situation. And Smith should have done better, as we've said so on this show. But um, I think he's well and truly served his time. Mm. And if you look at the setup and if you look at the leadership people in the the candidates in the setup, really, um, it's got to be Smith. You know what I mean? Like with Tim Payne out of the side... Um, you know, uh, Marnus hasn't captained much. Um, Uzi's like on the on the periphery. Marcus Harris is brand new. Um, Cam Green's brand new. Um, Travis Head's in and out of the side. So what does that what does that leave? It leaves 
Steve Smith. Yeah, um, yeah it's a look. It's, it's a lo- it, it, it really is a logical choice. I mean, the man, the man knows cricket. Obviously, um, you know has, and he's a really good at field placements and tactics yeah. and captaincy and all that sort yeah, of stuff. And, he's great. And at he's it. a perfectly capable captain, so it is really good to have him in place. Um, so that's that's a positive thing. I think that's that's done. That's sorted. We can move on. Um, all good. The next decision, obviously, we then had to make was is who's going to make uh, the position of wicketkeeper their own behind the stumps mm. there. So what we've seen is obviously the selection of Alex Carey. And I think what this tells us is that timing is everything because yeah. uh, Josh Inglis was in pretty good form and I think you could have you know mounted a case and people would have been pretty comfortable if he had have taken the position. Carey obviously has been the man in waiting for a long period of time and has you know performed admirably uh, in the shorter forms of the game. So great to see him get his opportunity. But the reason why I say time is everything, Pat, is because you know listen to some of these more recent performances uh, of Alex Carey. So we ha- we've got uh, this is going back to the twenty second of September two thousand twenty one. So mm-hmm. uh, this is in a first class game. So we've got one hundred and twenty eight not out against Western Australia, which is love good that start thirty seven solid uh, twelve. Uh, in, not so great. Keep in going. In a list A game, we've got 32 and 66 not out. Again, serviceable. Uh-huh. Then we've got Oops. we go through a bit of a rough patch. So we've got <laughs> five, a duck, and seven, six, Oof. two, Oof. and three. So we're thinking, geez, maybe mm. this might be uh, English's time. <laughs> not so good. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in a one-day domestic game, uh, slogs 101. Uh, against Queensland, yeah. which is no mugs attack. So, you know, clearly he's seeing the ball well. We know he's a good wicketkeeper. Um, you know, we know about his leadership capabilities. I think he might have even captained uh, the 50 over side. I think he might have, yeah. As a fill-in. So, good selection. You know, good to see these making some runs um, and, and will be a, a good contributor. So, I think that I'm comfortable again with that decision. But good to know that Same. we have depth because I, I also saw some chat during the week that, you know, not only... Uh, English being a potential uh, replacement for Tim Payne, but there was a lot of noise coming out of from Queensland about Jimmy Pearson. Oh boy! And Jimmy Pearson being the man for the job, uh, particularly given his ability to keep to spin, and you know how that's going to play out, particularly on say a Gabba or, or um, an Adelaide Oval. So there is depth at the wicket keeping position, which you know when Tim Payne was parachuted into the position four years ago. We did not have that. Uh, yeah, it was not the case. No, you might remember at the time, Tim Payne was the second choice wicketkeeper for Tasmania and only got mm. parachuted in after making 50 for Australia right? So Yeah, I remember. Yeah, You know, there is some progress amongst the that's, chaos. Bano, that's really good progress. And honestly, pal, if they'd picked Inglis, it would have been a diehard hashtag selection shock, Chris. Selection shock. Um, he, he's been batting really well, Inglis. Don't get me wrong, but... Kerry's been in the waiting room for, for quite some time. And, and as we say, he's got a really cool head. Um, I remember particularly, uh, was it Last Ashes in England? Um, the tour that was happening around that. I think it was a one-day tour that happened before that, where Kerry was just in scintillating form um, overseas. And we really saw him um, facing the moving ball under pressure. And he did he, he saved a lot of innings there. And mm. it made me think, you know, this bloke has, has what it takes. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked about that as well, mate. And, and if, if anything, Chris, like we did not want Tim Payne to go out in the circumstances that he has. And Justin Langer said today that he hopes he sees Tim Payne again in, um, in, in professional cricket and sorry, in test cricket. But, um, 
I think in terms of a changing of the guard, in terms of timing, like larger scale timing, having a bloke in at 30 yeah. who's in good touch, who's a really good keeper, is just does set us up for the next five years, six years in that spot if he can make it his own. You know, it's a good opportunity for him. Yeah, and look, I think that it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. You never say never, but I, I would... Yeah, it's going to be really tough for Tim Payne, I think, to get back into that team now. Not to say that I don't think he wouldn't have been the first choice keeper um, or the captain, you know, if, if things hadn't have happened. But uh, once you get that momentum going, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to, to arrest that. So we'll see. But I think that, uh, as I said, it's, it's, it seems to be good news in that we have some depth at the wicket-keeping position. Uh, and even someone like Josh Philippi, you know, who's uh, playing for Western yeah, Australia uh, at the moment. You know, there's, there's depth uh, across the board. So happy days there. So there's really only two mysteries left to solve, Pat. And, and the first Please. of those is in the middle order. And it seems mm. to be narrowed down to either Usman Khawaja or Travis Head. Now, do you have any particular thoughts on that there, Pat? Yeah, I think I think it's going to go for Trav. Um, I think and Uzi's going to be the bat up, backup batter. The handy thing about Uzi is that he can open if Harris goes to the dogs, which which honestly, Bardo, may well happen. I've just been looking at Marcus Harris's stats. You know, after 10 tests, he's got an average of 23. In first class, he's averaging like 39.7, which is just under the Pat Cullen, Chris Barty hashtag rule of um, average 40 or hit the bricks. So, you know, he's he's there and thereabouts, Harris. And I think he deserves to be given a, a good shot at opening the batting with Davey Warner. But if anything did happen to him, if he got injured or if his form was terrible, we could easily put Usman into open. He's done it before and he's high quality at it. Um, but in the middle, I think Trav is just a bit ahead of him mm. um, at this stage. He's probably a bit better between wickets, Trav. Um, he's pretty good in the field. I think he's been in slightly better touch this year. So I'd be leaning towards to give Travis a go. Um, there is an argument, I think, with Cameron Green coming in next yep. and then Alex Carey to make sure that there's a really experienced person they're in the lower middle middle order to, to offer uh, advice and a cool head. So that could be an argument for Usman. And I know you're a big Usman fan, Chris. Um, you you know, you do walk around with your Usman Khawaja <laughs> shirt everywhere do, yeah. when you're not wearing your, your Sean Marsh one. Um, so, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm heading towards Trav being in that spot. Um, I think he's I think he deserves a crack at it. What's, what's your thought? Yeah, look, I mean, if we have a look at Travis Head's test career, it's not terrible reading it's not terrible reading particularly at this early stage i mean he's only 27 still 19 matches uh, at an average of 39.75 and you know my my rule about averaging 40 or above 40 or above we, hit the bricks we need yep. that so he's nearly there we need 40 or above so we're getting there 200s 750s so this could be the summer that he establishes himself um the other thing about travis head is that he bowls some handy off spin as yeah, well, which true. could just be useful to get an over or two out of him to to change ends. So that's another thing that he does that potentially Usman doesn't offer. Uh, now, if we have a look at his recent form, uh, again, it's, it's uh, pretty good. So, um, you know, 19, uh, 163. Uh, now, this was a sparkling innings. He scored 230 against Queensland in a limited overs yeah, game. Wow which was absolutely spectacular. I don't know if you've seen the highlights of that, Pat, but he went to absolute town. Absolutely ballistic, yeah. yeah. And again, that Queensland side, it's no, no mug. 
Uh, yeah, they're no slouches. No slouches with the ball. So good form there. You know, 55, 23, 28, 9 and 21, 14. Again, so a bit lean, uh, but then we have 8 and 101. Uh, in the second innings as well, which is which is important. Love that. Again, against Queensland. So he doesn't mind batting against the Maroons, <laughs> does he? So there's a couple of centuries there. There's some good form. He seems to be seeing the ball reasonably well. Um, and he's actually taking a couple of wickets with the ball as well. It looks like he's ta- got a couple of twofers there so far this season. So Handy, right? Re- re- relatively handy. Um, now, Usman, on the other hand, has been um, an absolute rock uh, for Queensland in the middle. Um, and really has has uh, rocketed into recontention for the middle order. So I, I'm look, I'm comfortable with either way they decide to go. Um, I think this morning, even while we might have even been talking, uh, George Bailey may have confirmed that Travis Head might be taking that spot. I'm just reading some of the headlines here, um, so it might be that uh, that the Travis Head's got the position there. So that's another mystery solved for us. I think that that's that's okay. You know, we can again we're comfortable with that. We can live with that as, as Australian yeah. cricket fans. Not that our opinion matters, um, but if if George Bailey wanted our seal of approval, he's got it. He's got it. He's got yeah. it. He's got yeah. it. So he's okay. Just with good. That. And but can I say while we're thinking about middle order, how excited I am to see Cameron Green out on the pitch again? You know, he's such a young fella, and there's so much talent there you know the 80 odd he made earlier in the year last year against India at the Wacker was sensational um, I think he's been playing pretty damn well and you know to have a bloke who's six foot eight can bowl around that 140 mark high 130s low 140s and will probably only get quicker um, swings the ball bloody can and probably has the talent to bat four or five yeah. in the Australian order as he as he progresses is really exciting to watch and the and I know we're not talking too much about England here but I think the the all rounder comparisons have been made a little bit towards Ben Stokes um, given that they do perform similar roles and I think it's gonna be really exciting to see a young guy who has the potential to be a Stokes like figure and Ben Stokes himself coming back from injury and recovery and um, you know bouncing into an ashes test in Australia so I'm really excited to see how that stacks up 100% mate and so that, that that's exciting so I think there's a um, you know Cameron Green's a, obviously a precocious talent again he's also been in you know fairly reasonable nick for Western Australia, making plenty of runs on his own merit. And that seems to be the criteria that Australian selectors are looking for from their all-rounder is, can you make runs on your own merit? Would, would we pick you as a number six batsman if you couldn't bowl? And yeah. I think the answer for Cameron Green is yes. The fact that he can bowl 140 kilometers an hour um, and is, you know, six foot you know, 13, um, <laughs> isn't that a bonus? So uh, hopefully, because I know he's had some some difficulty with his, with his body and with his bowling. So hopefully we, we see a fully fit Cameron Green this summer and we can see what he can do with the ball in addition to, you know, what we already know he can do with, with the bat. I'm really excited. The bat. Me too. About that. And look, Craig, it feels to me like there's a good mix in our side of experience and youth. You know, and and maybe I'm being too optimistic, and obviously I'm very one-eyed about this, but um, I feel like we are in the box seat. We should be favourites going into this. We should be. I mean, as we saw with India, anything can happen in Test cricket. But I think overall, when you think about the bowling attack that we've got, I'm assuming they're going to go with Stark, Patton, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. 
um, and Lino. And when you think about that versus um, Broad, Anderson, who haven't, you know, who've had their moments in Australia, but predominantly haven't been as powerful as they are in the UK, um, they're probably bringing Ollie Pope as a, or Dom Bess um, to, as, as spinners, um, Jack Leach, maybe. Mm. We'd, you know, hats off to Jack Leach. And, you know, those guys are all good, but Nathan Lyon in Australia is, is a whole nother thing. Yeah. You'd have to say, Chris, overall, I mean, we'd, we'd feel like we are on top there. Yeah, well, look, I think we, we move into a, you know, probably the final part of our conversation around, you know, the preparation for the, for the Ashes series, Pat, and that's probably things that we'd like to see. Because as you said, we're probably going to see um, the, the old firm the, the triumvirate of New South Wales quicks um, back in action, which is, as you said, is Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. Uh, Hazelwood has just come off an amazing T20 World Cup. Uh, you yeah, know, amazing. We know what um, Pat Cummins can do. Um, Mitchell Stark seems to be a little bit maligned in the media at the moment. Um, you know, Warney's uh, certainly got a target on um, Stark's Doesn't back. Doesn't he? Uh, God, Jesus. Warney, Warney, I saw an Warney's, today saying... Sh- Warney's angling in at Mitch Stark, like Mitch Stark angles in at Batsman's front toes, um, or big toes, I should say. Uh, so, that's an interesting one for me. The What I would like to see at some point throughout the Ashes, and I, whilst I, I wish... You know, I hope Mitch Stark plays really well, and I think he'll get picked because we know that the Australians like to have a left ha- left hander, um, left arm mm. quick in the in the lineup. Um, I'd love to see Joe Richardson get a get a spell. Yeah, at, he's in sparkling at some form point. too. He's been taking poles all over the joint. You know, amazing form. You know, one just some of his figures from recent Sheffield Shield games here, Pat. You know, one for five, two for thirty-seven, three for twenty-two, two for seventy-five, three for thirty-eight, five for twenty-three. Uh, four for fifty-three and three for fifty-six, um, with some handy yeah, lower ro- handy lower order runs as well, uh, recently. So, I'd love to see him get picked. The other player I'd love to see you know something happen with uh, over the next five test match test, test matches is Mitch Swepson. Um, you know, I would love Ooh, to see Bardo. Ooh, spicy selection shock. Would love to see that happen. I think Adelaide may be the place to do it. Um, or SCG spin twins, by the way, getting Lino. Twins. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess the reason why I say Adelaide is because I, you know, there's some chat about the series being one five nil. Now, I don't personally think that's going to happen because every time you say a series is going to be one five nil, it ends up being two one, and we lose. <laughs> so let's not say it's going to be five nil. But I'd love to see Mitch Swepson perhaps picked in Adelaide, uh, where the series is still alive, and we can perhaps see a young leg spinner in his pomp uh, doing some special things. That's that's something I'd, I'd, I'd love to see. Um, yeah, and hopefully, agree, but no changes to our top six. A settled top six would be perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely, mate. I mean, I think where there is a little avenue... Oh, let me, let me do your thing first, what I would like to see. I would like to see Starkey hitting lower order runs. Um, I'd like to see those boys hitting sixes at the Gabba. I always love that. That makes me very happy. Um, and I would like to see Nathan Lyon do another outrageous court and bold. He seems to do an outrageous court and bold every year, and I would love a bit of that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to watching Marnus and Steve Smith back together. Um, those two absolute batting nuffy weirdos that they are um, with their 81 bats and their 700 pairs of gloves and their OCD just out there bloody... Um, smashing balls around. I'm very excited about all of that, Chris. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Jai bowl as well. Like, he's been in such great form. I think that's a lot to be excited about. Look, it's a funny one, isn't it? I w- 
it sounds like we want to see some quirky bowling attacks, but we want to see some really settled batting lineups. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quirky bowling, settled batting. Everybody calm and settle. I mean, and you can help me with this music analogy, Pat, but it's almost like we want the batsman just to be that really solid, consistent bass player. Yeah, oh yeah. Whilst our bowling yeah. attack can be the lead guitarist that just goes off the absolute... Shreds. Yeah, shreds. You just know, like, rip. does some really strange things. Um <laughs> Lots of effects pedals, <laughs> lots of wild sounds. Yeah, it sounds that awesome. would be brilliant. Yeah, I'd be down for that. We really want like 70s funk in the rhythm section, and we really want like wild Tame Impala psychedelia when it comes to those those lead guitars from the bowlers. 100%. Short, short and sharp. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think you know what's interesting, but I've just been marinating on this just then, looking down our lineup and thinking about how many left-handers we have. We've got a lot of left-handers. Like if you think about that, we've got. The, the openers are both lefties and then three and four are righties and then from out th- down through there there's a lot of like a nice sort of mix I guess of left and right but um, Jack Leach uh, is very very good uh, to those lefties so that does offer him a little bit simultaneously though Bardo we have seen English spinners of a lot higher quality not saying that you know, Jack Leach is a very good bowler, um, but I'm thinking more about Graham Swan, who came back here mm-hmm, a little while mm-hmm. ago at peak of his powers and got absolutely freaking punnelled. Um, you know, opened a nice hot pie stall at the base of the MCG and saw himself get pumped into next month. So retired halfway through that series. Mm. Um, so I'm not saying that I want to see British retirements. Or am I, Chris? <laughs> I would love to see a few British retirements yeah. throughout this. Yeah, I tell you what... I- where I think where I think this is going to be won and lost, and it'd be interesting to get TK's thoughts here. But I think the top order is going to be absolutely critical. Um, that's potentially where there's a bit of an Achilles heel for Australia. I mean, we know David Warner is again he's he's found his way back into form. Um, he's been missing a little bit um, over the last uh, few test summers, so hopefully we can uh, see David at his, at his best. Mar- he is a different animal on Australian soil. He is too, a different animal on Australian soil. Um, Marcus Harris is one, you know, if we talk about things we'd like to see, you know, someone to, to be the person that says, you know what, I'm going to be the the opener that partners David Warner for the long term because David's certainly seen a bit of a rotating cast through no fault of his own. Um, true. But Marcus Harris making some runs, that's potentially where there's a bit of an Achilles heel there. Um, and if we have a look at, you know, the English top order, you know, we're likely going to have guys like Rory Burns, um, Hasee uh, Pamad, David Milan and Zach Crawley. Um, coming into those positions, um, you know, not too many are, uh, of which are household names. You probably say David Milan is is the senior um, batsman there, mm. and a lot will rest on on his shoulders. So I think that that's where we're going to see, you know, a lot of the games being won and lost. Uh, in the middle order, you know, th- it's going to be a, a, a titanic battle, um, a battle of the titans. Um, in you know uh, Steve Smith, uh, you know Travis Head, Cameron Green, you know coming up against Joe Root, Ben Stokes, um, Johnny Bairstow, um, you know yeah. that's the guy that didn't have a great Ashes tour last time around. So it'd be really interesting to see how how those guys play out. Um, and then in terms of the bowling, you know attacks. Well, in terms of wicket keeping, wicket keeping is also an interesting um, situation for us as well. Yeah, Joss Butler. Joss Butler. You know, I mean, who is England's first choice wicket keeper? Keeper. They haven't known for years. Yeah. Will they find out this time? I'm going to ask Tom about that. Who's their first choice wicket That's keeper? a great question. I think that, that, that's a really good question. And then from the English bowling attack, you know, there's guys like Anderson, who we know is amazing, but um, he's older than Gandalf at this point. Um, LAUGHTER 
he is ninety percent gaffer tape. Like what else? He's Denker up in sports tape. Um, and if I think Anderson's technically older than Stuart Broad, but I'm gonna say in this Lord of the Rings analogy, Anderson is Gandalf and Stuart Broad is Saruman. Um, <laughs> because I feel like Stuart Broad's a little bit more evil. Um, Agree. From Agree. A, from like a you know cartoon villain standpoint, never met the man. I completely. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. Sure. But I do. I am always happy when I see him out. And obviously the the Stuart Broad versus David Warner round the wicked situation, and watching how that plays out is going to be really yeah, interesting. Absolutely, and excited to watch Mark Goodball a heavy ball as well. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit going on. Um, Jack Leach, I think he's a potential got to be a bit of a, a cult figure. So there's you know Lion versus Leach. Um, you know. Oh, that's got a good ring to it, doesn't it? You know, a couple of nerds just going at it. (laughs) (laughs) Big man, this sort of uh, brings us to the end of the the Aussie section. And I guess, you know, we're not in the prediction business, Chris, but let's pretend that we are. Um, Let's get a nice early prediction from you here, Bardo. Um, Gabbit, the Gabbit test, A, and series. Um, Who do you think, how do you think this series is going to end out? And what do you think the Gabbit test is going to go? Look, I think hard to go past Australia at the Gabba. So I think we'll go up 1-0. I'm predicting that the MCG is going to be a road. Uh, (laughs) No, Chris, the MCG? No. Wow. What a huge prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, A, it's the MCG. And B, you know, the the poor people of Victoria haven't been able to get outside a lot. So that that square's just been bacon under the sun. You know what I mean? No one's... And has anyone been able to get out and cover that thing? You know? (laughs) No. No groundsmen have been allowed out there. Yeah, you're right. That's going to be an absolute right. Someone's... It's probably just... Someone's forgotten to water it. So I think it's going to be a road. So I think there's a draw in there somewhere. Um, You know, so I think 3-1 is, for me, is going to be the score. Mm. I, I... just am reluctant to write off write off the English. I think they might sneak a victory in there somewhere. You know, we've just been through their their lineup, and I think there's some talent in there. So five nil, I think, is uh, arrogant. Um, and I think yeah, three agree. three one for me is a reasonable score with Australia to retain. Particularly, Chris, if we play in Tassie. And the fifth test happens in Tassie. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Poms take that, especially with La Nina. Um, you know. It's been so wet here on the East Coast. It might as well play into the Poms' hands. But I'm with you, mate. I actually think that's that's how I feel too. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I think I think 3-1's probably right. But just to offer some difference, I'm going to say 4-1 and say that we bloody take four of it. Okay. I'm going to be really optimistic. So and then you're, you're saying there's going to be enough hit- juice in the MCG pitch for something to happen? Yeah, it's just going to be Gary Lyon turning them through the gate. Chris, okay. that's, that's my big prediction. Um, mate, thanks so much for your time today, B-Train. Love it to do a little short one here with you. And I'm looking forward to chatting to TK. Was there anything else you wanted me, asked, wanted me to ask Tom when I chat to him a little later on? Um, just how his sideburns are, mate. You know what I mean? I haven't, uh, yeah. haven't seen him in a while. You know, I mean, he has, he has spectacular sideburns, does TK. So if he could describe those for the listeners, I think people would want to hear about that. You know, for those that haven't seen him, uh, an audio description of those uh, beautiful uh, lanes down the side of his face would be great. <laughs> I will make sure I do that. Number one wicket keeper and give us a sideburns description. All right, Bardo, thanks so much, big man. You're a legend. I will chat to you real soon. See you after the first test. See you, mate. Um, all right, and Tom K. Hawkey all the way from Bratislava. Here he is, folks, on the bloody line. Tom, such a delight line to see your face. and in person. Oh, oh yeah. my word. 
Oh my yeah. word, it's a two for none exclusive. I'm so joyful about it, I can barely speak. I'm like a little giddy yeah. kid over here. Thing is, Patrick, you really are gonna have to speak because this is a podcast, so you can make sure you don't get too giddy. We are gonna have to have a conversation. I'm gonna have to really pull my finger out, Tom. Um, but last time I saw you, uh, we were in Macedonia and we did a ridiculous live little episode from a cafe. Remember that beautiful we did cafe? We did yeah. indeed, I think I was likening uh, test cricket to olives. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's right. And I'm really excited to see what you've got in your in your kit bag of metaphors um, over the next half okay. an hour or so. Okay, what's the next food I can like? Oh, and, you know, what? What? How can he? Speaking of, can I jump straight in? Speaking of, of, of food, food uh, links, Joe Root said winning the Ashes would be the absolute shepherd's pie. <laughs> none of us have any clue what he meant by that because that's not an expression that's not like some quaint english saying it will be the shepherd's pie so quite how minced lamb with kind of carrots gravy and mashed potato on top can be likened to winning the ashes down under i simply don't know <laughs> I, I mean you know what that's a man who's in quarantine you know what i mean that's a guy who's in lockdown <laughs> Who spent that's a long a hungry time. man who's that's in quarantine just saying like, oh, shepherd's pie, please. <laughs> yeah, it's the shepherd's pie. The shepherd's pie of victories. Mate, how are you feeling about, about English chances overall, like leading well, into the ceiling? What's your feeling? It's interesting, isn't it? When we think about the Ashes, we like to think that we are the two most exciting, most thrilling teams going toe-to-toe. And we kind of think the whole world is going to stand still and, and really stand in awe as we play our cricket. But you have to remember the most recent Test uh, Championship final did not feature England or Australia. So I think we've got we've got we've got two teams coming in on perhaps a you know lower form than they would like to admit. But I think that England's form is going to be a heck of a lot lower than Australia's. Ooh. Oh man, we are not ready for this. <laughs> Simple. Simple. We can end the tape there. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Tom. Love it's it. It's going to go well. <laughs> um, why, why are you feeling like that, TK? So I think the, the, the biggest kind of flaws we've got are our batsmen. Okay, They are just not hitting their straps, particularly our openers and top order. We're yeah. just not ready. We have been crumbling, crumbling against New Zealand, crumbling against India. Um, mm. We've got guys, we've got Rory Burns. Who yeah, is, he's pretty uh, good. He's He's doing well. He's doing well. He was the, 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 the second highest scorer last time against Australia. And he's unorthodox, but I quite like watching him. And I he's, like, a I'm, I'm he's a weird crab man. He's a weird crab man. He's a weird freaky little crab man, but he can sure hit the ball when he needs to. That's how I, that's how I like to think of him. But I think, I think, you know, he's one of those guys that if he goes well in the very first innings of the series, he could like, okay, he's going to get it. But if Australia find him out early, my mm. word, he's, he's, he's done for. And alongside him, we've got uh, Zach Crawley, who is in mm. terrible form. Two years back, he made like a double century, and now he is just being dropped and dropped and dropped. But they're like, we need him, we need him. We've got uh, we've got Hasib Hamid, who is a great hope of English cricket, but he's mm. yet to fully prove himself. So we are shaky at the top of the order. And basically, the whole story, I can sum up every test we've played this year, which is openers, out, Joe Root, there's a big, heavy sigh, has his last fork full of shepherd's pie, picks up his bat, and then comes out and absolutely smashes it. He is in the form of his life. Yeah, really, patch, truly. I, I think he's one of the best batsmen in the world right now. Mm. But he's doing it when no one else is supporting him. So we just haven't got the, the runs, basically. We haven't got the runs to compete. 
It's funny, Tom, because we were in that situation for so long as Australians. Mm. Like, and in a in a way, we kind of still are. Um, the the addition of minus Labuschagne has changed our world. It's given us yep. two batters in three and four that can actually really bat. But so well, long, England, you would like to say you're welcome that we gave him to you by kind of trying to knock Steve Smith out. <laughs> you know, gave him his chance. So then you realise what you had. Yeah, it was very kind of Joffre Archer to nearly murder Steve Smith. It was a real generous move, I think, that particular bouncer, just giving him a little concussion there. It was very kind. Um, but it, for so long there, man, we were in the same spot where Smithy mm. was just having to bat and bat and bat and bat and bat to, to keep prop up our, our you know lacklustre batting while people crumbled mm. around him. So um, I get that. I mean, you're, uh, I guess the middle order for England is, is really strong, though, Honestly, it's like Bearso, Root, and and you know our mate Benjamin. Um, yeah, Ben, ben Stokes. More more on him later. But Josh Butler. You know we, mm. we've got a decent middle order, but these guys have not been doing quite as well as they should in Test cricket. They, there's a lot of you know they've they've been showing it in the one day game of the 2020s, but in Tests, Bearso's made six centuries, but he should have made more. Should have made double that by now. You know. Yeah. So although there's skill there, they're just not quite. And again, I think the problem is the openers. So you know you got the middle order who are strong, but they're coming in on a you know thirty for three, and suddenly you've got to try and kind of save save the innings yeah. rather than having a platform in which to boost on. So you what know about that it, Welshman David Milan TK. Yeah, no, so he, he came Welshman. back in the summer, came back in the summer, but again he went away and became a kind of like one day specialist. You know, one day mm. internationals, he was absolutely smashing it. We brought him back in. He's a very calming presence at number three. Okay, so when 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 the inevitable openers get out in the first two overs, he does come in, <laughs> steady the ship, you know. But you know, I think he's out of form in the test format, so we we yeah. will see. There's, the thing is, these guys are are there's a lot of potential there. We're clearly building a team for the future, mm. but I don't think the best place to build your team for the future is in Australia. You know, yeah, those are no. tough conditions. Yeah, you've got you've got. Cummings, Hazelwood, Stark bowling in at you and you, you've got to very quickly show, yes, I've got good technique, I've got solid technique, <laughs> which they have, but are they ready? I don't think they are. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, Tom, that's a that's a damning indictment of that. I'm so order. sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry to come and be so miserable, but, you know, I'd love I'd love to be like, oh, like Glenn McGrath is always, what's the score going to be? 5 nil. Five nil. Yeah, totally. yeah. But I mean, if you also, I mean, look at the last two series, we're, we're currently 9-0 down based on the last two series down under. We've yeah. lost nine and drawn one thanks to the rain. You know, it's it's it's. <laughs> yeah, it's not we're great. not doing so. Well. I mean, Joe Root has not won a test in Australia. Wow, uh, as, as batsman or as captain. Yeah, that's not a that's not a great that's not a great record, is it? It's is not. It really, Tom? It's not. It's, I mean, it's not he ideal. he would he would bloody love to win one test. <laughs> that, that, that is his goal, I'm sure. I'm sure if you really ask him, he says, like, please just let me win one test, pretty please. Please. Well, um, Chris Barty reckons it's going to be 3-1. He reckons that the you guys will pull one out. And I've said 4-1. Think... Okay, I'm, I'm going 4-0, I'm going Australia. But there mm. could be... I can see us winning one because, uh, as we gather, the, the Perth test might not go ahead in Perth. Yeah. Which That's might correct. lead to a day-night game, which does kind of like favour England, not favour England, but it's stronger for England to play in the day-night games with their attack. So that's 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 where I can see as potentially, you know, isn't that sad that we have to rely on COVID <laughs> to shut down one test and then give us the chance to potentially win another? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be so doom and gloom, but uh, no, I am. 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> 4-0. 4-0. 
Four nil. Um, yeah, Chairman Mark and the Glorious West Australian Workers Republic um, has really sectioned themselves off from the uh, from the rest of the country, and um, they are they are not letting anybody in. Tom, even I, okay. a a proud West Australian citizen. You are uh, Pythonian. Is that what you I'm, call you? Pythonians, right? Uh, Pythonia. That's correct. That's our technical term. Yeah. I, I, even I cannot get back into Western Australia until oh. until. Like, but Pat, that has nothing to do with COVID. That's because of those terrible things you did. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you can't blame him for your crimes. Not on the air, TK. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought I had muted muted the microphone. I'm so sorry. Oh, I picked up all of that. It's such a pity you can't delete audio. Um, Yeah. So, Tom, you're not excited about your top order, is what you're telling Mm -hmm. me. You have Mm -hmm. some vague form of hope in your middle order. And how are you feeling about the bowlers? Um, Not that good. I'm sorry about this (laughs) pessimistic hat, but not that. You know, you've got to you've got to take twenty wickets to win a test match. Do I think we can take twenty wickets consistently? No, I don't. I don't think we can. Okay, we've got one out and out quick bowler in Mark Wood. It is mm. such a crushing shame that Jofra Archer is injured. You know, we don't want to just put all our eggs in one basket. But I think we were all excited to see what would happen with Steve Smith versus Jofra Archer in Australia on pacey Bouncy decks. Yeah, that's it. Could he? You know, that could have really been a difference. Now, we've got Mark Wood, but he is currently held together with gaffer tape and hopes and dreams, okay? Mm. So that guy cannot play five tests. It is physically impossible for him to put his body through five full tests. Three maximum, I would say. So we've got one quick bowler for three tests out of five. Then you've got Jimmy Anderson, who, let's be honest, is an incredible bowler, but let's also be honest, is 39 years old and really, really, really needs to stop playing cricket, okay? He's 39? Yeah, I, I think if I think I think it will get out. You can never tell a guy when to retire, okay? So he's just going to keep going. I think he's going to be like fifty-seven and still trying to swing <laughs> it both ways. And he probably will swing it both ways. But I think yeah, this is this is going to be his final series down under for sure. Yeah. Whether he'll make it two years' time in England, not sure. But um, he's old. Uh, you've got Broad. Who, Surely he can't yeah. be rolling in and pulling seam up at 41. Surely you, you can't. You would think so. But I mean, maybe maybe he's like Dorian Gray. Maybe there's a portrait of him somewhere that just keeps his <laughs> keeps his, his bowling arm young. Um, then we've got Stuart Broad, who is, you know, he's an awesome bowler. I'm a big, big Stuart Broad fan. But again, he's been a bit injured lately, a bit niggly here and there. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to him versus Warner. That was a huge kind of yeah. um, um, showdown in the, in the summer previous when you came to us. And... I love that in Test cricket. When you get a series and then you get a batsman and a bowler who there's 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 sort of something between them. The bowler gets one over on the bats. Uh, sorry, yeah, bowler gets one over on the batsman, and so suddenly every time he's running in, the batsman's thinking, "Oh Christ, he's going to swing one into my pads again. What do I do? What do I do?" So I'm, I'm hoping that that can that can go well. We've got Chris mm. Wokes. Chris Wokes is awesome in Chris England. Chris is awesome. Ah, in England. He's not so strong when he's touring. So we're all going, well, maybe this is the time, Chris. Maybe this is the time that you could kind of really pull it out of the bag. Please, please, pretty, please. Um, spin-wise, we're taking two spinners. We've got Don Best. We've got Jack Leach. Mm. Nah, they're fine. Jack Leach can certainly score one run when he needs to to get Ben Stokes on, on strike. Um, and then we come to Ben Stokes himself. Okay. Uh, now, this please. guy, this guy... He's, again, not really ready for test cricket. He's been out of the game. He's been injured. He's had to take a break for his mental well-being. Is he ready? He's at, like, yeah, finger. finger. He's, 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 he's broken his, his finger. finger. Yeah. Buggered his brain. Everything's buggered. <laughs> but he's, he's, he says he's ready. He says he's ready. And the thing is, he is that talismanic figure. 
Okay, mm. you've got to think that Headingley 2019 is going to be in in every Australian player's mind. I've got a question for you, Pat. Please. In the Tom. previous, I've got, it's like a, a one-question quiz. Okay. Oh, great. In the in the in the previous Ashes, who uh-huh. scored more sixes? Was it Ben Stokes or Australia? Uh, <laughs> this is a sad quiz. It was Ben Stokes, Tom. Now here's the thing: it was actually Australia by one. But the oh. fact that you could believe Ben Stokes scored more sixes than your team just shows he's in your head. Okay, he scored 13 sixes. You guys, in total, hit 14. Okay, so Far he out. is in your heads. Now, I think he is again. He's that guy that even though he's dead on the ground and he's exhausted, when we need someone to break break through a wicket, he's going to pick mm. up the ball. When you need a world class catch taken, he's going to be there. And we all know what he can do with the bat. Is he going to swing the series in our favour? I just don't think he is. But, but, him in the team is better than him out of the team. So that's our kind of one hope is to hang it on him. Massively true, Tom. And look, look, mate, like that bloody Headingley test, I was in Thailand. I was in an English bar in Thailand. Oh, all places. (laughs) And let me tell you, TK, when um, it got down to Jack Leach coming out, I had a couple of choice words to say to the Englishman around me because it's me right oh, you can imagine what i'm like i'm a couple of beers deep being like yeah so long fellas hope you enjoyed having them bloody bingo bango bob's your uncle and um, how did that how did that go when the winning yeah. one finally hit how did that kind of spin around on you pat mostly i just got sung at you know in that great british tradition of just singing insults sing, at people. Sing when you're winning. That's our philosophy. Yeah, yeah, Tom. So that was a bad... How did it was you know really these people? Or, or were, these, were, were these strangers to you? Strangers, Tom. Strangers, okay, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is the Pat Cullen we know and love. Picking fights in Thai bars with boozed up English fans. Very say, wise life decision. I wouldn't say picking fights necessarily, Tom. I was just informing them of facts of the game they may have missed. Sure, Pat. Sure, Pat. And that's what the police report says every time. Patrick Cullen informed the English fans of facts on the on the ground. Unfortunately, he scuffled for out. Oh no! I just walked out of there very sad as they just sang God, like "God Save the Queen" or something. It was yeah. it was bad. Anyway, my, listen. You know, you know, my old man was at that test I on on that day. I'm no so way. bloody jealous. I think that's like to, to my dying day. That's the thing I'm going to be most jealous of in the world. And of course, like like thousands of people were there, but the fact that he's my old man. He was, uh, <laughs> Chris would have loved that too. He would have oh, been off uh, his oh chops. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm surprised he didn't send me an email actually, just to letting me know about it. Um, so look, he is the talismanic figure, and if anybody can pull out a performance that turns this series or turns a test, it's going to be Ben. But For sure. I mean. F- knows if he can actually hold a bat mate like the fact yeah. that he's coming off a broken finger he hasn't played cricket yeah. in ages i think so i think so but but you know he he's he's a man of strong character he's a strong strong body he can he can kind of mind over matter he can be absolutely you could stick a knife in his back and he'd still give it a go you know he just <laughs> loves to play cricket he lives for the for the challenge mm. so yeah, um, incredible yeah, i think i think i think he will do well he always does you're never going to get a boring series out of stokes but True. are you going to get a winning series that's the Interesting, Tom. Yeah, I mean, and mate, what in terms of if one of the bowlers goes down, is Ollie Pope going to come in and have a crack? What's your feeling on the Popester? Uh, he he is. Uh, I'm just going to put his his stats right here. He's he's averaging oh, 32 at the moment. Ollie Pope's um, a batter. I got confused. My problems. I was thinking of Ollie think Robinson. Of, of Ollie Robinson. Ollie, yeah, well, he's, he's 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 on the plane. He's on the plane. Um, <laughs> I think that. 
let me just think. I think that, that we're going to go with, in the first test, I would expect to see Chris Wokes, James Anderson, mm-hmm. Broad. I would expect Wood and... Uh, all, it depends if they want... If they want yeah, maybe maybe Jack Leach. But he's, 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 a, he's, again, he's a hope for the future. In five tests, he's taken 28 wickets at 19.6. Decent, okay? Decent. But, you know, he's... We have the historical tweets to worry about. Is there, are there going to be some more kind of horrific racist things to come out? Where oh. you know, you know, the, 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 that overshadowed his debut. It was like, oh, this great new bowler comes in, and then these historic kind of racist tweets were were, were found when he was just like a stupid young boy, and, and and he was kind of reprimanded. But hopefully, all those skeletons are out of the closet. Um, you know, he's got decent line and length. He's a sort of Glenn McGrath-ish type figure that you know we. we Hopefully he'll do well, but I just don't think Pat. We've got enough firepower to take twenty wickets consistently. Mm. Yeah, and when you combine that, Tom, with a shaky top order, it really does put a lot of a lot of emphasis on Root and Stokes to be able to it does. do the it thing. Does. I mean, the other thing is 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 there's so, so much inexperience in this team. Out of seventeen guys in the squad, I believe only ten have ever played in Australia before. So you've got seven guys. Mm. It's their first time out there in the conditions that they're not used to, and so on. So. Um, I just think we're, we're, we're not ready. Maybe we're building for the, the Ashes in Australia four years from now. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah Let me yeah, make a prediction yeah, yeah. now. We're going to win the Ashes four years from now, 5-0. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, just incredible batting order. We're going to bat for days. We're, we're not going to lose any wickets. It's going to be incredible. Now, Jimmy just will be 52 that by the that tape out. Yeah, cut that part of the tape out. Just play it back to me when we do this call four years from now. And okay, okay, see, okay. See, see how my face reacts. <laughs> Oh mate, yeah. Look, it sounds it's that sounds pretty tough going, Tom. So frankly, I, I, I asked you, I asked you to do something for me before this. Call, oh yeah, didn't I? you did. Yeah. Now, yeah. what I asked you to do was to predict for me the total number of runs that are going to be scored in total in all five matches, and mm. I, I also gave you the statistics for the most recent decade that there's always been between about five thousand five thousand five hundred runs scored. Okay. Now here's mm. my suggestion. Here's my suggestion. We Please. both make a prediction. Yeah. Which then lends itself to a sort of wager. Okay? Oh, okay. Because one of us is going to be closer than the other. Yeah, bound to be. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Now, in these, in the, unless, unless we by some freak chance have picked the exact same number, but I, I doubt it. I also um, doubt it. Uh, so, listen, money is very, it, it's a bit gauche to, to do things for money, I think. Sure. I think that, 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 that's not what we're about. And I was going to suggest that in true two for none fashion, uh-huh. that we would take a, a, a list out of the Stickman's book and, 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 and record a song. Oh. Whoever, whoever loses. Then I remembered I have zero musical talent whatsoever. Oh, so yeah. I've, I've tweaked it a bit. So I think whoever loses, whoever is furthest from the true number, uh-huh. must do their series rap uh-huh. in some form of artistic style. Okay. okay? Yeah. Something artistic that, 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 that sums up the whole series you know, can be a song, can be an epic poem, it could be an interpretive dance that we put on our oh, Facebook page. I, I don't, yes. I don't know. Okay. Now, I've, I've written my number down on a piece of paper, so you can't accuse me of cheating, just like listening to your number and then adding one. <laughs> so, if I so get Pat, one Pat, less than your number, Tom, I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. I will. This is it. This is it. So, Pat, what, what number are you going for? How many runs are going to be scored in total in this series? Okay. So, in 2019... 5,357. Um, I think there's going to be more runs than that. 
the 2013 series that was the one you guys won wasn't it that was mm. was that the one alistair cook just battered us into absolute submission for a, for a thousand years yeah and he's was, yeah, was that the one before maybe five thousand five hundred and ninety one to bat us completely into submission so i'm gonna say tom five thousand five hundred and fifty runs five 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 zero okay five, now five, five, have five you, zero have you been listening to me telling you about how awful our batting lineup is have you have you been listening to a single word i've said we can't pack <laughs> mate we can't pack tops i'm not thinking about your batting tom you're, i'm thinking about ours but the thing is, the thing is, if we don't score very many runs, you don't have to score very many runs to win the match. Oh, that's probably a good point. Uh, yeah, it depends who bats first. Here's mine. I've gone five, one, two, three. Five, one, two, three versus. Yep. I wrote on the bottom of the receipt that I got beautiful, from a Japanese beautiful. place. Five, 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 zero. Yeah, so I'm going to do a quick calculation. Five, 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 zero plus five, one, two, three divided by two. So the magic kind of halfway point is five thousand. 336 runs so if it's if it's 5336 i'm closer as soon as it ticks over to 5337 and above the victory is yours it could well be that i'm now i'm thinking about everything you've said tom that i'm doing a well, great ashes song <laughs> well listen I, 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 no one can blame me for not trying to prepare you for this challenge okay you had all the information in front of you. I spoke very clearly. I brought you this new microphone that you can hear my voice in lovely resonant detail, and you chose to ignore the facts. I did. I did, Tom. I did. Or maybe I'm just hopeful for a summer of cricket. You know, maybe I've got hope in my heart. I mean, in my defence, Joe Root is in spectacular touch. He is. He is. He's, he's averaging at 66 this year. The man's career average... Career average of fifty. His average in Australia, though, is just thirty-eight. Okay, it's his it's his second worst country to tour uh, after Bangladesh. But um, uh, yeah, so so can he can he do it in Australia? We really hope so. He's also he's I mean he's second in the all-time English run um, list with nine thousand two hundred seventy-eight. So I, I would love him to to win the Ashes and go past ten thousand runs. But he's definitely not going to do that. He'd have to score, I think, 774, which is what Steve Smith scored last time with a concussion wow. um, in the whole series. So I don't think Joe Root's going to do it this time. But that does mean that when he, we have the English summer next year, hopefully he'll mm. go past 10,000 then. That's going to be a huge moment for the guy, I think. And he, yeah, he's easily going to go ahead of Alistair Cook one day. Absolutely incredible, TK. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Mate, I had two questions from Chris Barty that he wanted oh. me to ask you. Um, Lovely. And the first one is I cricket. Can, I hope I can answer them. I, I think you I think you can. The first one he wanted to know is who is England's number one wicketkeeper? And does England know the answer to that question yet? <laughs> I was going to say, nobody knows. Uh, the entire country wants folks to be our uh, wicketkeeper, but the selectors just don't want him. So, so the answer is folks, but he's not playing. So out of the team who are coming, I think, uh, I do think Butler. I think Butler is our man. He's, mm. he's, uh, stronger than Bairstow and and uh, his batting is better too so I think he's the guy I want in my team which kind of begs the question of why Johnny Bairstow's there well this is the thing he you know he he is a great batsman but is he good enough to just be selected on his batting alone however the team is is lacking I think I think he gets there on his merits simply because there's not enough good batters you know he he is mm. basically making up the numbers slightly 
You know, oh, I'd love him to prove me wrong, mate. I'd love him to go and hit like double century in the first innings and then turn to the camera, drop his bat like a mic drop and say, that's for you, Tom K. Hawkey. But um, <laughs> something tells me he's not going to do that for a number you, of reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if he does that, I'd be very impressed. Um, mate, that answers that question. His other question was he wanted a facial hair update from you, Tom. Uh, he wanted okay. to just describe what's happened. Last time Chris saw you, of course, you had beautiful long sideburns and you traded those I out, did. Tom. I did, I did. The, the one thing was, I don't know if you remember, but one of those sideburns got waxed from my face when we went to a house party one time, which, yeah. which, which I think that scarred me, both physically and mentally. So Justifiably. Um, a horrible yeah. event. And that bloke yeah. can get f***ed. Uh, I'm happy to put that on the record. <laughs> he can really yeah. get f***ed. What a sh- thing to do to somebody. Like That's it. That's it. Even if I was being a particularly mouthy Brit abroad, you know? Look. <laughs> Still didn't deserve that. Still didn't. I Did would not. describe my facial hair as um, five o'clock shadow mm. turned up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes it 16 o'clock shadow or something, but yeah, there's, 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 I'm keeping it, oh, I'm keeping yeah. it off stubble, stubble front, stubble front. Um, as a, a very disappointed, lifelong issue for me, my facial hair doesn't connect. I would love oh. to grow this like awesome goatee or something, but I just don't have the... This bit here and this bit here. Great podcast material. Look, I'm pointing at my oh, face. Yeah. I'm pointing at the bit where, where you would connect a moustache to a beard. I'm sure the listeners have got a good enough imagination for that. But yeah, and Tom, it's, it's, when you start teaching cricket in PE, I think it's really important that you grow the moustache out and just to get a little bit of intimidation. Moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. the the Aussies do every November. That's right. Yeah, you've got to turn yeah. up. I think on PE day, ready to just uh, bowl some medium paces with a really great I- mo. I don't know if you realise this, but literally everyone that grows just a moustache does look like a paedophile. Like, you know, <laughs> we don't talk about it often enough, but every single mustachio man, it just looks dodgy. And when you are a primary school teacher, Patrick, when That's you are a primary school teacher teaching PE, the last thing you want to make yourself look like is a paedophile. <laughs> yeah, Stuart, you've got your job security to think about, mate. You're a dad That's now. You've got, you got things That's on it. the mind. I absolutely get that. Um, that's a great facial hair update though, mate. Uh, five o'clock shadow turned up to 11 is everything I ever wanted. And <laughs> I'm very excited about this wager of ours, Tom. I, yeah. I'm very excited to see how it turns out. I, you know, I really do hope there's a whole ton of runs scored this summer and then I get to see you do an epic poem for your final bulletin from a bridge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I say, I may, I may, if I have to do it, I may throw an interpretive dance in at the same time. So we've oh. got audio and visual. Audio Powerful. and visual treat. Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that if I lose this, I will do a song and potentially a dance. I'm very happy to do a song. Okay. Uh, it depends on, you know, my production schedule um, and how much I can okay. get done. Okay. But I, I'm happy well, to turn I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping the following two things happen. One, a whole paucity of runs so that you lose, followed by, <laughs> followed by a very, very short, but very intense lockdown. I want you to have a very small flare up of COVID. I don't want people to die. I don't want people to be sad, but I just want things to shut for a bit. So you've got time to really carefully go for this. Okay. Yeah. I want the full pack. I don't want a half an hour sitting on the bus on, yeah. on your way to rehearsals or something where you go, Oh God, I've got, I've got to do this for the time. I really want you to focus. <laughs> Knuckle down, Tom. Yeah. Maybe get a choreographer in, maybe, That's you know, it. hire a studio for the day. Just really That's crack it. something out. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll see if I can uh, rope Michael Wood into helping me and maybe laying down some keys, make it a full experience. Certainly, I don't know. Certainly. I'm getting hey, maybe get the whole team, Tom. Maybe get whole the whole team. team you know? Whole team. That could be a vibe. Um, my friend, that about brings us up to time, Tom. Thanks so much Beautiful. for joining me, dude. You're such a legend. So, I'm so nice to see you. Thank your you. Face. I'm so sorry that I just sat here whinging about England's uh, <laughs> performance. 
I wish Tom, I could have been happier about it. But. Your English, mate. It's not oh, your yeah, fault. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I had my national stereotype to live up <laughs> oh, to. Oh, yeah, exactly. You had to come and complain about your national side. And then when it, <laughs> when you guys do like nearly get close to winning a test, you'll be able to be like, I knew it. I knew it was going to yeah, happen. They yeah, did it. Yeah, I, I'm going to somehow twist these words around so that when we when we win like 3-1, I'll be like, no, no, you weren't listening. You clearly weren't listening. What I meant was... was. Yeah. When when I said that none of our guys can bat, you weren't listening. <laughs> what I meant was they all can bat great. They can all uh, bat. Yeah. What I meant was they can't bat backwards. You know, if they stand uh, facing the wrong direction, they can't bat. That's just that's not. just the blokes we've got. That's just that's just how it is. Front facing. Um, TK, thanks so much, mate. You're a legend, and I look forward to your bulletins for the rest of the summer, my friend. You take it Me easy. Me too. I'm 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 very very excited. I I, I it's just sad that it's in Australia this time because it does mean some bloody early mornings and late nights. It's worth it for the game we love. Mate, you're a legend. Can't wait. See you soon. Awesome. Take care. See you. Bye. Two for None is created and presented by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. Big thanks to Tom Hawkey and Chris Barty for joining me on the show this week. Great to have them with us. Chris and I were even right about Travis Head being included in the team. How's about that? We also had clips in this episode from the USSR National Anthem 1984 and some original music from me in this episode. Additionally, apologies for the swearing here, folks. Just don't wax people's sideburn. That's my big takeaway from all that. Two for None is created, edited, produced by Ginger Snap Productions. Check out our other show, The Isocast, in your podcatcher, and make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a cricket fan about this podcast, and we will see you on the 13th of December for a first test wrap. Go those Aussies!